Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Of the podcast ever. We're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Hail Dictinus. Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Scars have the strange power to remind us that our past is real. Welcome to Practical Magic Healing, the 157th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of author Cormac McCarthy. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me Ode. And you know me, it's Gwen! Oh, it's still a car! It's still a car! Full month later! Where it's just us for... What, four, five episodes? It's been at least a month. <laughs> so, it's us again. Uh-huh. <laughs> Returning once again with the topic Carr doesn't want to talk about. So, we are still three pagans and a cat. We are just minus one pagan. Minus one pagan because he's still trapped on the first floor. That's right. Because <laughs> his ankle's still fucked up and he can't navigate stairs. In fact, I think he told me uh-huh. the other day. Yeah, we, we were like, do you think you can get upstairs for the recording this week? And his response was, if I get upstairs... I will never come down again, which would be problematic because the bathroom is downstairs. It's on the first floor. So, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. And we can't move our shit downstairs for the recording. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's, time, just there's just no room. space. <laughs> so. so, here we are. <laughs> it says, this one feels a bit targeted, LOL. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it may be time for us to do some healing magic on our own. Healing magic on car. (laughs) Okay, so we have lamented his absence Uh again. Again, for the at least fourth week in a row. Fourth week in a row. Housekeeping, do we have anything we need to cover for housekeeping? Mm, Nope. Yeah, that's housekeeping resolved. (laughs) If we've forgotten something, it's because Carr's not here to tell us. That's right, because he is the keeper of the calendar of events. Oh, Carr, where are thou? Downstairs. Oh, true. An impossible feat of one stairwell away. Well, and here's the thing. Y'all don't understand. We live in an old house. It's 130 yeah. years old. And so our staircase up to, up to the second floor is very, very narrow. And there's a lot of steps. There's a lot of steps and there's like a turn, like a quarter of the way up the staircase in another direction. Yeah, that's what makes it a problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like, oh, he can't navigate four steps up. No, no. It's like 25 steps. At least, at least. And, and it's narrow and it's okay. I think we are housekept and house swept. Yes, we are. Now we're going to talk about healing. Yes, we are. <laughs> Not just car. And then we're going to go perform some, I think. Very popular topic right up there with love spells and, and, and money. money. Yep. One of those traditional subjects mm-hmm. for magic. And it's something that's been going on for thousands of years. I mean, the ancients practiced a form of healing magic. Mm-hmm. The Egyptians had healing magic, the Romans, the Celts, all of the various cultures. And often it was combined with folk medicine. Yes, exactly. And with, uh, with early medicine, essentially. And then it also includes like uh, Hebrew mm-hmm. cultures. And the, the Greeks. Mesopotamian The cultures. Greeks in particular really expanded they did. the practice of medicine. The Greeks and the Egyptians had, mm-hmm. had a lot of magic that was also corresponding with their medical practices. Yeah, it was all sort of one subject. Mm-hmm. They didn't separate the medicine and the magic out. Right, exactly. You had to be proficient in both, basically, to do the work. Right, exactly. Which is why there were deities that were specifically for... Who had as a priority. As a priority, they included healing as part of their abilities or their jurisdiction. And sometimes both. Like, you look at Apollo. I was just going to mention Apollo. Apollo's very interesting because he's both the bringer of disease and the bringer of the cure. Mm -hmm. But, for instance, Asclepius was Mm -hmm. considered the the god of medicine or healing, and the staff with the snake was his symbol, Mm -hmm. and that, of course, became the symbol for for healing and medicine to this day. Asclepius, I think he got in trouble with Zeus because he uh, resurrected someone from the underworld, because Zeus is illegal. (laughs) The rod of Asclepius is the, it's a single rod with one serpent on right. it. Not the rod of Hermes, which is the two snakes and the wings. Correct. Which is sometimes mistaken as a medical symbol. Right. Yeah, you do see that sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of confusion in pop culture about which is which, but mm-hmm. the, the rod with 
So one snake is the rod of Asclepius. That's right. And then in the Celt in Celtic lore, it was Ermed or Armed uh, was the uh, the goddess of healing, and she was, I guess, primarily had a lot to do with folk magic and herbs and using basically wildcrafting and teaching her subjects, if you will, or her adherents, devotees, how to heal through the use of herbs and folk magic of, of their time. But that was kind of her gig. Mm -hmm. And then in Yoruba, it's Aja. Artemis is also considered a goddess of healing, which is not surprising because she's the twin mm -hmm. of Apollo. Then you have uh, in Yoruba, Babalua Aie, uh, Bonadia in Roman mythology, Brigid was a Celtic deity of healing. Among, um, uh, among her many, among many her jobs. Among her many, many jobs. But of course, that's where the wells come in and mm -hmm. the water come in with Brigid. Um, there's healing in in the water. And then, of course, air. Air. In the Norse. In the Norse. And you can say. Yeah, so air is one of uh, Frigga's handmaidens. Mm -hmm. um, she has several. And modern. And that is spelled E I R. E I R, yes. Modern interpretations of Frigga's handmaidens has ascribed various healing tasks to, to different ones of them. And then you've also got Phoebus, the Roman god of healing, apparently, which is where we get febrile uh, with fever. Pekka from the Egyptian mythology. Hygieia from the Greeks, Isis from Egyptian, and then Panacea from the Greeks. So there's a lot, obviously, and that's just a handful. Swan says, Apollo, Hygieia, and Panacea are mentioned in the Hippocratic Oath. Oh, there you go. And here is the official definition of healing. Mm -hmm. I looked it up in the Medicines. Ooh, okay. All right. So we got four different definitions. definitions. To make free from injury or disease, make sound or whole. To make well or restore health, to cause undesirable conditions to be overcome, and to restore original purity or integrity. And that's where we get the concept of sin coming in. It's a spiritual purity or integrity. I know that there are uh, those who spiritually or emotionally re-virgin themselves. If they've been through traumatic experiences, Trauma. allow themselves to have a new experience Hmm. As their to and call that their first experience or first sexual experience. Interesting. Yeah, I've read that somewhere. I don't remember, but certainly would be their first. I mean, if it's their first consensual sexual. Yeah, experience, exactly. It has sense. that yeah. has more to do with healing trauma. Yeah, but again, that's healing. It's it's healing. Right. We think of healing as having mostly to do with the body, but it's right. not exclusively to do with the body. No, it can do with emotions. It can do with the spirit. Healing is actually a much broader range mm -hmm. than we think. I do like the idea of make sound or yeah, I think it's interesting. Each of those definitions has a has a slightly different flavor, mm -hmm. I think. This is the one that focuses on repairing an injury, essentially. Right. And the one that focuses on the wholeness of the thing, mm -hmm. restoring the original wholeness of the mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. I think I prefer that one. I think I do, too. But and, at the same time... But, I mean, that's what doctors do when you go to a hospital or right. they're repairing an injury. When you, you don't ever restore something to its original state. No, that's true. Some people may be familiar with a Japanese art form called kintsugi, which is when a piece of ceramic or pottery breaks, it can be restored or repaired by joining the seams in the broken pieces of pottery with uh, gold solder. This obviously doesn't restore it to its original state, Right. But it creates, it emphasizes the beauty and the brokenness of the thing. Mm -hmm. And in the process of restoring it to a new function. And I think scars for humans are very similar. Okay, so like we can take my experience with my cancer. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I had endometrial cancer three years ago. Mm -hmm. I had to have surgery, have that those organs removed, mm -hmm. the, the reproductive organs removed, which I was fine. They were trying to kill me, so <laughs> get the fuck out. Get them out, evict them. Get them, them. out, evict. That's fine. <laughs> they don't um, pay rent anymore anyway. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had surgery I had, where I had to go through an extensive amount of healing. Mm -hmm. Recovery. Recovery. But I am cancer-free mm -hmm. and I am restored to wholeness as far as my health is concerned. Right. You're restored to health. Yeah. You're not returned to your original state. Right. Still feel whole. This is what I'm saying, though. You're whole but different. Yes. And my scars prove that. Right. You're not returned to the state you were in no. prior to the injury. Thank the gods. Right. I don't know. I think something about the idea of... So maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're trying to get across about wholeness. Maybe wholeness isn't quite the right word for what I want. I don't know. I just feel like there's a, a difference between restoring something to its previous state and mm -hmm. restoring something to a new condition. Brandon says, whole doesn't have to mean the same, I guess. Same as the gold and the pottery. It'll never be the same, but the new thing is still 
still just as worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I think for me, the word whole just doesn't feel right there. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure that there's a better word for it. Ran in Gray says, I agree, Ode. It's hard to think of another word, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like there must be... Or maybe it's just not in my language, but (laughs) I feel like there's there's a layer here that I'm not able to express. Mm -hmm. Honestly, what is healing for one person may not be healing for another. My mother just passed away a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. from as a result of an injury that happened in May. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it was the best outcome for her at this time in her life for this to happen for her to be released. Mm -hmm. It was painful. Quality of life was her quality of life had declined to a state that was no longer tenable and one that she did not want. That she had explicitly stated many times she didn't want. Many, many times that she did not want to live this way. So ultimately, while it broke our hearts, Mm -hmm. it was healing, quote unquote, for her to be released. I think there's a... And naturally, obviously, she went, you know... She she went peacefully. She went peacefully and naturally. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. In her own goddamn time. She did. She (laughs) she did take her time. I think there's a thing here to discuss maybe about the ethics of healing. Okay. And and doing healing magic, especially. Because magic is an attempt to... To alter the circumstances of of the reality that you're in, right? To bring about your will. Exactly. What you want to to see happen. To make your will manifest. Mm Mm-hmm. But sometimes... Our will is not ethical. Does that make sense? Right? What you uh-huh. want isn't necessarily the correct outcome. Mm-hmm. I think people think of healing magic as being something bit like harmless. Mm-hmm. Like there's never, you can never do harm by doing healing magic. Healing is by its nature good and positive. And I don't think that's actually true. I think there are circumstances where if you do healing magic for someone and they recover, you have done more harm than good. Depending on the circumstances and the outcome for the individual. Mm-hmm. Or the effects that they might have in the future. Like, I could have done healing magic for my mother, but... We chose not to. We We discussed it. Yeah, we discussed it, and we chose not to, specifically because of the conversations I've had with her for years. Mm -hmm. As soon as she started to decline, I knew that it would be wrong of me to step in to try to halt the process Mm -hmm. with some kind of magic or request from the deities Mm -hmm. or anything like that. There's a natural entropy to the world, which is unavoidable, and it is the instinct of most humans as living things to resist that entropy, because Mm -hmm. living things want to continue living. Right. That's natural and normal. Mm-hmm. But our desire to continue living doesn't make entropy unnatural. Mm-hmm. It's just a natural force that happens to oppose us mm-hmm. in a way or to oppose our will. I think because as living things, we perceive entropy as inherently negative. That's why we perceive something like healing, which is a resistance to entropy, mm-hmm. as naturally positive. Mm-hmm. And I really want to challenge that notion. Not that I'm saying never do healing work. I do think healing work in many cases is positive. Which you did healing work I did for healing work for, surgery. for Gwen during her surgery. But healing work is not always positive. I think it is necessary to put as much thought into undertaking a healing work mm-hmm. as you would into undertaking a curse work. Oh, yeah. I and I don't think most people do. I, I would agree with that. I think there's there's a lot that can go into it. There's a lot to consider. First of all, just because there are so many different ways to define it, it's not as cut and dry as a person that you want to perform healing magic for, whether it's yourself or someone else. You take into account what their needs are, if they are willing to have you do the spell. Is it going to assist in the outcome that they are hoping for? Right. Or just the one that you want. Or just the one that you want. For instance, I, I welcomed Ode doing a, mm-hmm. a, a ritual and spell for healing for me. And indeed, because of the way the spell was designed, I couldn't have done it without Gwen's participation. Exactly. So, uh, because we wanted that positive outcome mm-hmm. of that surgery to be successful. Mm-hmm. We wanted Gwen to be cancer-free. Right, exactly. And for the surgery to go well. Mm-hmm. In the case, again, of my mother, mm-hmm. she was in a situation where if she were to continue clinging on to mm-hmm. life, or even just start to improve to a, a level of continued life mm-hmm. where she was actually eating and drinking and things like that again, her standard of life would not have been good. Would have been below her, would have been below her, stated, her desire. stated desire. And I think it's also... And so that was something we had to take into account. I think it's also worth bringing into account that your mother had a do not resuscitate order. Yes, she did. And th- so those are things, whether if you're talking about a friend or family member, it's important to make sure you understand, do they have a DNR? Do you have their permission to do this? What is the desired outcome that they have? Right. 
It may be for release, mm-hmm. depending on their situation, whatever it is they're facing. You know, these are things we have to take into account. And also, as we were mentioning earlier, it's not always a physical healing. Sometimes it's an emotional or a spiritual healing, even if it's a physical issue with the body. So these are things we need to keep in our mind, too, because we may do a spell with a particular outcome in our mind, but the the result has more to do with the spirit or right. the emotions than the physical body. If you heal someone who's dying of a, of a terminal illness, you may not heal them of imminent death, mm-hmm. but you may heal them of fear. Exactly, exactly. Something else that I think it's important to talk about with anytime you talk about healing magic is that there is a risk in the witchcraft community of relying too much on magic and not enough on science and practical solutions. I wouldn't say that's just the witchcraft community. I'd say that's the spiritual community. The spiritual community. The religious community. You can see that at In any religion, that's true. In any religion. You see the same thing happening with with Christians sometimes. Praying for healing without pursuing healing. Right. When we did the spell for Gwen's cancer, that was to help with the outcome of a surgery designed to remove the cancer. Right. We didn't just do magic hoping to magically cure the cancer with no medical intervention. That would have been very unlikely to work. We did a spell for a positive outcome from a medical procedure. I strongly feel that these subjects need to be connected. Oh, absolutely. Because you do see tragic stories in the news about mm-hmm. people who, who don't want to be, have anything to do with modern medicine, mm-hmm. surgical procedures, or even shit, just taking an aspirin. And uh, you find them dying fever or of trivial things, trivial that, we, things. that we know how to solve. Yeah. Some some kind of trivial, you know, something that could be healed with an antibiotic, but because of their religious beliefs, they will only try to pray it away mm-hmm. and wait for that miracle. Mm-hmm. See, that's where that's the miracles. That's the miracles subject. thing. <laughs> you know, we have some people who are equating healing, mm-hmm. in my opinion, with with miracles. Like it's just gonna go away. It's just gonna you know magically be gone. That's a miracle, and we don't see a lot of those. No. In the world. <laughs> Don't assume that you're capable of creating a miracle. I love Don't Brad. let that arrogance kill you or one you love. Exactly. I love Rabbit says, what spell do I need for a toothache? You need medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you need to go see a dentist. And it does come down to, to those things. And I'm, I, uh, I get that it's it, it's a religious preference or it's a, a spiritual thing or, or whatever. And that's fine. But if it's endangering someone else, like a child mm-hmm. or an elderly parent, someone that you have authority over, the individual won't get a person who is in need of medical assistance help because they don't believe in medicine mm-hmm. other than prayer. You know, like that's negligent. Someone posted in the general chat in Discord earlier a screen cap of a Tumblr post by a user called Bog Leach, mm-hmm. which says, how the fuck can there be anti-vaccine witches? If you disagree with binding an invisible malignant entity in- into a single drop of potion that seals a subject's blood against the full force of that very same entity's curse, then you are not and can never be a witch. You're just a Karen who buys rocks. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Nisa says mundane before the magical and magical in compliments. Exactly. I, I agree. Pursue all remedies. Pursue all remedies. I, I love herbalism. That is a go-to for me, but I'm not going to avoid allopathic medicine mm-hmm. because I, if I had my druthers, would prefer to go an herbal route. But Those an herbal can... route is not as effective in many cases in... as going to a doctor and getting an antibiotic but they can work together in unity right you know and you can use supplements to strengthen your body in general and then go to a doctor and get an antibiotic for your strep throat before you pass it along to everyone you meet Mm -hmm. or it develops into something systemic and Mm -hmm. you die because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what can happen. Yes. I don't mean to get off track, but... With, no, I think know, this is on, very much on, on track. You know, on a soapbox, but <laughs> yeah. I, I feel very strongly about this because I am an herbalist. I do believe in herbalism for strengthening the whole body and working in connection with allopathic medicine as a whole. I believe in holistic medicine, which means all of it. Except that's never how holistic is actually I know, but that's how I believe it. Rhiannon Gray says, herbal route is fine for mild cases, but never major illnesses, basically. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, broadly speaking, that's true. And and sometimes it's like a folk remedy is good for symptoms, but it's not good for diseases, Mm -hmm. right? If I'm nauseous, Mm -hmm. I know that chewing on ginger will help me with my nausea, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to do anything for whatever the actual cause of my nausea is. Mm -hmm. Right. I for that, if I have like a an ongoing issue with nausea, I need to see a doctor and find out what's wrong with me. Exactly, exactly. And then you can continue using the herbalism or the folk remedies or things like that to assist with symptoms 
or to help strengthen your body to overcome mm-hmm. something in addition to what your doctor what does. your doctor tells you to do. <laughs> Always do what your doctor tells you to do. Or if you don't, if you're not sure, get right. a second get opinion. Get a second opinion. <laughs> Consult with many doctors. Many doctors. But the reason they exist is that they have information you don't. They have access to a great deal of scientific study that has been going on for hundreds of years, mm-hmm. uh, starting with ancient folk medicine mm-hmm. that has been studied yep. and refined over hundreds of years mm-hmm. to the point that now we do have things like vaccines mm-hmm. where we can strip all the danger mm-hmm. out of a tiny fragment of a virus mm-hmm. and put it into a solution that you can inject into your body to make your body immune to it, mm-hmm. to teach your cells how to fight the thing. Exactly. We wouldn't be able to do that without hundreds of years of advancements. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there is a there's a place for all of this herbalism, mm-hmm. allopathic medicine, healing through your diet, through uh, you know the foods, through magic, all of these things. They they can work together. Mm-hmm. And Al makes a good point, which is and double check that your magical remedies don't interfere with your medication. Exactly. Always okay. check for contraindications, especially if you're taking any kind of supplement. Even if you're applying like an essential oil to your skin, even mm-hmm. in a carrier oil, there are some mm-hmm. essential oils that, that react badly to the various medications you may be on. And if that's the case, you can find a different essential oil. Keep taking your medication. This is why, whether it's herbalism or essential oils, you always tell your doctor what you're using, mm-hmm. whatever it is, whether it's topical or ingested or, or a in, drug or inhaled. You always talk to your doctor and tell them what you're, I always tell my doctors yep. what herbs I'm taking, what I'm including in my foods, yep. things like that. If it's something that could, you know, contraindicate and be an advocate for yourself, mm-hmm. do the study or have someone help you understand if you're on medications, talk to your doctor, talk to a nurse, talk to an herbalist and find out, do the research or the ed- get someone to help you get educated into what is good for you to have and what won't work against whatever medication you're taking. Don't just try Trust Wikipedia articles no, or the first no. GeoCities site you find. That's right. Get second and third opinions if, if it makes you feel better or you need to. What's going to work together? What's going to work against each other? Mm-hmm. The, if there are side effects. Because, yes, in herbalism, there are side effects. Sometimes just, very big, serious side like effects. Just like with medicines in, you know, from the pharmacy, mm-hmm. you can have uh, reactions uh, based on the herbs you're taking. So these are important things to know. Because Rabbit makes the very excellent point. People don't trust modern medicine because it's not natural. Where do you think they got the compounds to make the medicine? Exactly. Exactly. Again, I'm going to get off my soapbox. There is an herbalism episode from right. many, many episodes back. back. We talked about some of this there. We talked some about this and, and herbal safety and things like that. So we can get off that soapbox. But, no, but um, I think it is very, it's very, very important. It is important. I agree. And I think it's, it's, unf- it's an area where the wider spiritual community has really failed most of the individuals in it. Mm-hmm. And it's led to truly unnecessary harm to yeah, a of, huge number of individuals. Yeah. And we're going to say it's in the in the religious and spiritual communities mm-hmm. especially that that have a problem with modern medicine as it is and with science and science in general. So these are important things to know. We're talking about it with healing magic because it's all it's things all connected. it's all connected. It's things we have to take into account mm-hmm. when we are getting a spell together. Yeah. I don't want a single person who listens to this podcast to just do healing magic on themselves or their loved ones. If you are doing healing magic, take yourself and your loved ones to the doctor to find out what is wrong so that you can get that resolved and then do healing magic to support that work. Mm-hmm. It's not unlike you do a, a spell for a job and then you go out and you put in applications for putting in applications mm-hmm. and going on interviews. It's it's all the same kind of thing. The healing magic is meant to complement and to empower and to strengthen, not to replace. Exactly. Do you want to do odes? Stone Connor, and I miss my husband. Oh my God. <laughs> we have to do these. We have to do, do, these, to do these, and oh we're so bad God. at them. So bad at this. <laughs> So bad. I miss my husband. So this is going to be a bit of a, a different oat stone corner. And then I'm not actually going to talk about a specific stone right now. I'm going to talk about using stones in healing in general. If you look for a list of healing stones, you're going to find three or four standard selections and then a completely random selection of other stones. And I will explain to you why this is. The four standard ones are probably going to be quartz, rose quartz, amethyst, citrine, or ruby, or something like that. And then the other ones will probably be stones you've never heard of, but that this particular author has decided are good for healing. And that's because every stone on earth can be used for healing. Yes, it can. The earth deity will take care of you. 
literally <laughs> and pick up a rock in your driveway, you can use that stone for healing. Okay. Some stones have more of a focus on healing, will be more inclined to it or better at it or better at specific kinds. In my experience, stones that are red or dark green in tone or sometimes black tends to be better at doing healing things. But that is not at all an indication that a lapis lazuli couldn't be used for healing or that uh, a pyrite couldn't be used for healing or that literally a rock from your driveway couldn't be used for healing. Mm -hmm. So each stone has its own spirit, right? Part of how you work with a stone for healing, you're not going to ingest the stone. So don't fucking think of that. All you people putting <laughs> stones in the bottom of your water bottles to infuse the water with the essence of the stone are killing yourselves. You're killing yourself slowly with malachite poisoning. I'm very mad about it. Don't do that. Do not ingest stones. Some of them you shouldn't even touch. Scuba says just sit the rock next to your bottle for a bit. Yes, fine. You can do that if you must. If you feel so inclined. And Rihanna Gray says... But crunchy, oh, crunchy. <laughs> and yes, I'm sure a stone will be very crunchy right before it broke all your teeth and then poisoned you to death. There are many people out there who are putting malachite in their water. Malachite leeches, dangerous compounds. Do not do this. Malachite is great for healing. It is a zero ingestion stone. Do not put it in your mouth. I That's swear to God. But that doesn't mean you can't hold it in your hand. You can hold it in your hand. Genuinely, malachite is a great stone for healing. Mm -hmm. Malachite, in my experience, is a great stone for taking pain. So when I have like a mysterious crick in my neck and it just hurts for no good reason, I hold on to malachite and I ask malachite to leach away some of that pain. And that works great for me. That might not work for everyone. That's me and my piece of malachite and the relationship I have with my piece of malachite. Because this is what I'm going to tell you again. Every stone has its own spirit. And not just every type of stone has its own spirit. Every piece of stone has its own spirit. You have to learn to work with the individual stones you have. This is why, actually, stones from your yard or your driveway or that you picked up 20 years ago and left on your desk all this time are excellent for healing because they're stones that already know you and have a relationship with you and an investment in your well-being. I know I say this all the time, but ask. Ask and listen to the response. Mm -hmm. And this is going to vary between different specimens. You could get five pieces of quartz. One piece will be shit at healing anything. One piece will be great for bleaching pain. One piece will be good for problems with blood work. One piece will be good for headaches. They could be from the same original specimen, but they have different spirits now and they do different things. You will not know until you ask. As every piece of stone is good for grounding because they all come from the earth, every piece of stone is good for healing because they all come from the earth, but they will all do it differently. And I cannot give you a generalization about this. You are just going to have to ask. And then do not eat the rocks. <laughs> and I think it's Brianna saying, the more you say no, the more I want to put it in my mouth. So Elle is handing them some rock candy. Rock candy, yes. That's eat the rock eat candy. The rock candy, not the rock. And put the actual rock in your pocket or on your altar. Or on your altar. In your or spell bag. In your spell bag. Or hold it on your body. I have had great success mm -hmm. when I have like a sore throat. I put malachite at the base of my throat and I ask malachite to take the pain. It doesn't solve the sore throat. No. Nope. I still need to go and so find out whether I have strep and need antibiotics or if I just have to live through this virus, I still need to go and, and do my medical thing. Mm. But malachite will help me handle the pain. And I can make that easier by putting it at the base of my throat. But I don't lick it because that's bad. <laughs> Seriously, don't lick your rocks. The geologists are nuts. Don't lick your rocks. All right, that's it. Are you, are you done? That's my that's soapbox. That's your soapbox, okay. There's a closing jingle. No, I can't do it again. Uh, that's it for Ode Stone Corn. There, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about, I guess, some healing magical styles and, and methods. Folk magic is a big proponent of spells for mm -hmm. healing, home remedies. There's a, a strong connection with herbalism because there's a lot of herbal magic that is involved in folk magic. And I do think it's worth pointing out that a lot of folk magic that's still practiced today in eras like Appalachia, yep. 
and in the south, the Ozarks and the Ozarks, they're in they're often in very rural communities. Rural Italy still mm-hmm. has a very strong use of folk magic for healing. Exactly. So are the Scottish Highlands, and, and those are areas where it can be very difficult for people to get access yes. to modern scientific medicine. Exactly, which is why herbalism is still very much prevalent mm-hmm. in many parts of the world where they don't have access to, to allopathic medicine, and it and it can be very effective mm-hmm. and very wholesome for the the body to to follow these, to use this. These general principles. general principles. Many of the early folk magic, especially in the medieval period, folk magic, the the cunning folk, people would go to for... The grannies. The the grannies. There were also some men. There were some some men who were cunning folk. They had strong Christian roots, so there was a lot of, you know, praying. Psalms. Psalms went into this. A lot of these folk magic cures from the medieval times Mm -hmm. included protection against witches, black magic, the devil, evil spirits, etc., because they believed that those that things caused the that's what caused the illness. Or the infirmity of the body. Yeah. And in fact that's a, in Hebrew magic there's a lot of a lot. A, a lot of and use of, of the names of angels. Various angels. Various yeah. angels and things for healing. And a lot of it included banishing spirits and prevalent in various cultures around the world mm-hmm. still. Like the concept that infirmity is brought on by a, there's a spiritual component. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that... And you can sort of see an interesting evolution happening mm-hmm. over the history of, of medicine. Mm-hmm. A belief that, that all illness was caused by evil spirits. Mm-hmm. And then sort of a... I don't want to say a transitional point because these things obviously do still... These these beliefs obviously do still exist. Mm-hmm. But there was sort of a, an intermediary stage mm-hmm. of the belief in miasmas, mm-hmm. the cause of illnesses which were similar to evil spirits causing illnesses in that they were intangible forces, but they were separated from intelligences, right? right? right. We got we get germ theory, right? Mm-hmm. And we know now that most illnesses, many illnesses are caused by germs and viruses. Uh, tiny living creatures that are going about their lives mm-hmm. and just happen to be inconveniencing ours. Yeah, exactly. Even today, obviously, there's been great advancements in, in medicine and understanding the body. And they've come to understand that there are microorganisms that are necessary in the body that, that actually mm-hmm. assist in in the homeostasis of the whole body. And when those are yeah, in jeopardy, not, not all bacteria are bad. Yeah, exactly. So so these are these are things that they're learning that I think even though they may not have known that in mm-hmm. you know in the ancient world or the medieval world, it was through their diet and through their uh, the medicines that they did practice that these discoveries were eventually made because they discovered hey they used peppermint for um, uh, you know, stomach troubles, and mm-hmm. they still know today peppermint is still good for stomach troubles. L says we are biomes, and yes. that's absolutely true. Right? Absolutely. A human being is a is a biome that supports many forms of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly, not just our own. Exactly. So I think it's important, and, and I'm probably a little prejudiced because of the herbalism <laughs> background, but um, I think it's important to embrace our understanding of folk magic and herbalism and how those things tied together in the past, mm-hmm. and how we can bring those into our our magic today. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because there are folk remedies that we can still use. There are, or even if you won't use them internally, right? right if you won't right. take uh, a folk magic remedy and use that as your remedy, you can use the same elements and the the underlying principles as a spell. As a spell, exactly. Yep. If you don't, if you don't or can't mm-hmm. ingest it for medical reasons, or because it contains something that we now know is deathly poison, exactly. like belladonna, exactly, <laughs> or cocaine. Remember yeah. when cocaine was thought to be just a wonder drug? <laughs> <laughs> you know, many elements of, of these various things can still be used. Mm-hmm. Herbs such as angelica, basil. Basil banishes negativity, right? Mm-hmm. That's its magical, one of its magical one of its principles. Several magical functions. But medicinally, basil is also good for fevers and stomach cramps. Mm-hmm. So if you are dealing with uh, a spell that is needs assistance with a fever or with stomach issues, you could include basil because it not only is going to banish negativity, which let's face it, you know, you're feeling pretty negative if you're sick. <laughs> um, so, you know, you can take care of that spiritual aspect of what's going on. But then just it, by putting basil on your food. Yeah. You but then you've also like, got the medicinal aspects of that ingredient. Then you can include it in your spell. Often in homeopathic or alternative medicine, right, you'll see supplements of very high dosages of things, high concentrations of oils, of 
various herbs. If you don't or can't or shouldn't use those, you can just use the whole herb. You don't have to take a capsule with like 500 milligrams of basil oil, mm-hmm. right? You can just put basil in your soup. Basil in your food. And call on the spirit of basil. On the salad. In the salad. In, in the food to mm-hmm. rejuvenate you. That's where kitchen magic comes mm-hmm. in great. Kitchen witchcraft and healing are closely interlinked. interlinked. Because many of these things, like dandelion, like garlic, mm-hmm. like lavender, like basil, these are edible plants that have healing properties in the medicinal category as well as the magical. And quite often, like I was saying with basil, it banishes negativity. It corresponds. There's that kind of a doctrine of signatures vibe uh-huh. going on there. It corresponds with what's going on not only in the body, but also magically. Mm-hmm. It, it may not be magically getting rid of a specific illness, but right. it's magically it's banishing negativity, mm-hmm. which is an energy that can assist you in a healing spell. Because we do also need to bear in mind the placebo effect is real. Yeah. And if you can make it work for you, do that. For instance, lavender is really good that we know in the medicinal properties for anxiety, for uh, emotional distress, and things of that nature. And it's very calming. So it can be used in a spell for uh, if someone is having issues. So you can also use it medicinally. But if that person can't use it medicinally, you can use incense or you can create a sachet and they can, as a part of a spell. You can even just a spurge, just dip a lavender sprig into a bit of water. Exactly. As to to help deal with an emotional kind of healing Mm -hmm. that is necessary. If there's great anxiety or depression or or whatever. Or just a general malaise. A general malaise. Any of these things. Like frankincense. We know frankincense actually does assist by, through science they have yes. proven through I know science. I remember you telling me about this it, it penetrates the blood brain barrier the blood brain barrier yes it has that they've shown through scientific tests that even this through an inhalation it can it pass through the blood brain barrier and it is assisting the hormones mm-hmm. that help to elevate mood right frankincense is not you can all not only use it additionally through scent mm-hmm. topical application because it is absorbed into the body is frankincense one that needs a carrier yes it does yes most oils do need a carrier just assume it just needs to carry just assume it needs a carrier. There's only a handful that really don't, no matter what certain MLMs will tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> also, quite a few that shouldn't be ingested. Right. Also, no matter what MLMs will tell you. Exactly. But it can be, you can use frankincense in, mm-hmm. a, in a, again, I have a little vial of it, but I just smell yeah, it. Yeah, having to, be, and if you, in addition to the scent, mm-hmm. if you need to do a spell for depression or malaise or things like that, lavender, frankincense, any of those uh, herbs that deal with emotions. And the bright citruses. Yes, the bright like orange, lemon, blood orange, you know, any of mandarin, any of those, anything that's going to brighten the spirit mm-hmm. can be used in these spells. And I, I'm a green earth witch, so I tend to move toward herbals when I do a spell. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my spell And a lot of it's also in food. Yes. And you can, as you're throwing in the things that you can ingest, you know. Uh, Rabbit says, add basil and garlic to everything for healing and flavor. Exactly. Just supports good health. Exactly. I used to have, I think this was actually advised by a doctor. I used to have earaches all the time as mm-hmm. a child. A constant rash of ear infections for whatever reason. So we had uh, garlic. Mm-hmm. We had little garlic drops. Drops. Yep. Yep. Rabbit says, I need to find the magical qualities for pickles so I can consider eating them out of the jar at 2 a.m. as well. I go for it. <laughs> go for it. The magical qualities of pickles would be preservation of some kind. Yes, absolutely. Because you are preserving the pickle mm-hmm. and it's got various spices and vinegars. Vinegar. Actually, vinegar would probably be good for cleaning, for mm-hmm. cleansing. Yeah. So, um, so any of those things. So yeah, any magical spell that you're going to do for healing can include things that are banishing, mm-hmm. things that you don't want, mm-hmm. <laughs> cleansing. Protection, protection, purification, or drawing good health. Mm-hmm. You know, like we used apple in in yes. the uh, spell that you did for me, drawing good health. Yep, and that was because apples have a long tradition of associations with health. And also because since I'm a heathen and I work with Norse deities and I was calling on them for that spell, they have an association with Idun, who is uh, strongly associated with health and longevity. Mm-hmm. And like dandelion is uh, very good for health and strength. And Not also in- one that, surprise, surprise, you can put in a salad. <laughs> or drink as a tea. Mm-hmm. Or There's all kinds of things you can do. So that's the thing to remember that your spell doesn't always have to be a candle or a bag of herbs. Right. 
It can be, you can stir it into a pot, boil it into a brew and drink it, <laughs> assuming again that it is edible. It's safe for you. It is safe and edible. You know, make sure you're double checking those things. Yeah, so, go to, you. traditional medicinals has actually a lot of teas that are. A lot of, yeah, traditional medicinals is very good. I highly recommend them. Something to note about like a traditional medicinals tea is that you're supposed to steep it for much longer than you think. Mm -hmm. So like an, a normal tea made with tea leaves you will steep for between two to three minutes, depending on this, the quality of leaf. Mm -hmm. You steep it for too long, it will become bitter and undrinkable. Right. A traditional medicinals is not like that. Most herbal teas are not. You are to steep them for 10 minutes or more. Depending <laughs> on depending on what's in it. Mm -hmm. If it's a root, it's going to be longer. If it's, it's a, a, like a, a flower, flower or, an, or a leaf, it's going to be a little less. Mm -hmm. 10 to 15 minutes mm -hmm. for a lot of these, because that's how long it takes the good properties of it to get into the water. Mm -hmm. And also sometimes like a texture, mm -hmm. like a hibiscus. It's kind of a, there's kind of a, well, I think it's slippery elm. Yeah. It has, there is a, there's a mouth of, feel. You'll yeah. know when it's steeped enough because you'll feel it in your mouth. It's called slippery elm for a reason. And it's good for throats. Mm -hmm. It's good for sore throats. So again, any of these, any of these herbals, any of these uh, plants can be used that are, that are used medicinally for healing can also be used in a spell. Yeah. If you understandably don't trust to ingest the thing. Exactly. Do the spells that are spells that you like. You can use color magic mm -hmm. uh, and do a candle spell. Color associations uh, for healing, mm -hmm. I feel like are fairly straightforward. So green because mm -hmm. earth connection again. Red because you're made of blood and meat. I like orange. Orange is good too. White if you're having to heal a bone or mm -hmm. something like that. Or mm -hmm. just for general purposes because everyone can use white for everything. And of course black is excellent for dispelling mm -hmm. and vanishing. And the badness. The badness. You're having a surgery to get rid of a, a, a very annoying organ. Right. We, <laughs> we we take a white stone to represent that organ and we wrap it in a red and orange cord and then we bury it in the earth. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So lots and lots of options. Things that you can do. Deities that you can call upon to assist you in healing. I know we're not getting super specific, but... It's because genuinely, most deities you'll work with can help you with healing of some kind. Yeah. You're not going to find healing under a list of Odin's qualities. But the man ripped an eye out and then hung himself on a tree and lived through it. So, yeah. like, if I'm going through a severe ordeal, yeah. it would not be unreasonable for me to reach out to Odin mm -hmm. and say, hey, do you know how to help me with this? Mm -hmm. And either he'll say, yes and help me with this or he'll say no how about you talk to so so and so yeah yep. it's time for wind's garden gems thank you <laughs> okay so i'm not going to talk about a healing herb or plant because i've just been talking about healing right. herbs and plants we, we got there early got there well because you know it's yeah, right it's just the topic it's the topic and one of your best go-to's for is, healing is magic is plants our, you can eat are plants that you can eat they're great for healing magic but anyway i'm going to talk about heather mm. today which is a sprawling evergreen shrub with hairy gray stems long thin gray green leaves and bell-shaped flowers that can be pink purple or white it's a very low maintenance plant uh it is deer and salt resistant. It's winter hardy if you happen to live in Michigan. It's deer resistant? Yeah. Like, As in it like discourages deer from yeah, eating they, it? they won't eat Okay. It. <laughs> it's drought tolerant. It's relatively easy to grow and it doesn't require a lot of attention once it gets established. You do need decent drainage and full sun for a minimum of six hours a day for the full sun. If you, if that's to get the vibrant color of both the, the foliage and the the flowers. Okay. It does like to flower probably late summer into fall. Mm -hmm. It's an evergreen shrub, so it'll be, you know, green. Intact. Intact. It's the flowers that'll... But it'll be that silvery green color. It'll be that silvery green color, which is very pretty. Mm -hmm. And it can be good for hillsides, maybe are, are on a slope and you have some soil erosion issues mm -hmm. going on there. So it can so be it's good a strong for, root system. Yeah, it's got a strong root system. Okay. So once it gets established, it can help maintain that area. It's also nice in... Um, raised beds or in some kind of a container. Is it, one, is it one of those sprawling beasties that you sort of need well, to... Well, it needs about two to three foot okay. width to grow. So like when you're planting it, you want to about two feet apart so it has room to grow. You want to dig a hole that is twice as wide as the root ball. Obviously, you put that in the hole after you've kind of... You need to score the roots horizontally a little bit and then kind of break them up. Just kind of... Massage you the know, roots. Yeah, just kind of break them up just a little bit, not too much. And then put it in and then obviously put dirt on put that dirt in there. And then you want the soil to be moist, not soggy, and fertilizer is not recommended. 
so you wow. don't need to fertilize these. Interesting. And then once they get established, you don't have to, to water them a lot because they are drought resistant. So like once a week, maybe twice at Swan most. Swan says, so not possible as an indoor plant. Probably not unless you have like a, a very well lit. A, a good window. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of space. But it really is something that uh, is is beautiful. It's used in landscapes and, and things like that. But in magic, it, it it actually Heather, I think they used to in Scotland. I believe it's their their national flower, and they may have used it in their ale. I'm not sure back in the day. Heather is also there are some medicinal properties to it, but it, it's a little like not as accepted now. So I'm so not going to ambiguous. Yeah, I'm not going gotcha. to talk about using it as medicinally. As far as magic goes, it is excellent for passionate love, like severe, strong, like oh, passion. dangerous kind. Yes. So you got to, you know, know what you're using uh-huh. if you use Heather for passionate love, but also sacrifices and self-control. It, interesting dichotomy. Isn't that interesting? I know because passion and self-control. Intriguing. But it also is excellent for to use during, with dark moon energy. Bees love Heather. So oh, anything, good. any type of... Support bee culture. Yeah, so any kind of magic where you would want to work with bee. It's also good for clarity and psychic abilities and things of that nature. So yeah, it's a really beautiful plant and I'm useful for a, an intriguing array of yeah. And that's it for Queen's Garden Gems. Also nothing. Thank you. But I still missed your phone. I know. <laughs> I'm going to say kale oh, yes. dictinus. Yeah, I have not been kaling dictinus. We usually do it after commercials, but yes. we have no commercials this time. So. No commercials. I'm trying out. So I do think it's been an interesting topic because you know there's a lot of ways you can do healing magic that are not necessarily right. I mean, I could give you hardcore rituals, right? Like I could give you the example of the spell I did for Gwen, which we've talked about. Yeah, before. we have talked about in previous episodes, but it was very specific to Gwen's situation, right? Mm-hmm. So we did the thing with the apple. I made offerings to our ancestors. I hailed and called on our ancestors to mm-hmm. give Gwen the various gifts that, that I associate with them, support the the knowledge and steadiness of her surgeons. Mm-hmm. And I called on some deities and made oaths to them in support of the outcome we were looking for. Mm-hmm. And then we buried some stuff and, you know, an apple and a stone that represented the cancer and various offerings. And that was it. I mean, it was pretty straightforward. Yeah. And of course, for me, I, I tend, again, to to lean toward when I do this kind of work. Right, you do a lot of kitchen work. I do a lot of kitchen work, nourishing mm-hmm. type foods or broths. or It's great with soup. Yeah, you can put so, you can you can hide so much in a soup. <laughs> so much in a soup or or a tea, a concoction, if you will, brew. Right. You know, brew to give someone, although I can never get your father to drink my tea. He's very resistant He's to tea. resistant. He's probably afraid I'm gonna I have I've brewed a potion. You watch, yeah. You watch too many of those uh, those crime shows, it's brewed right. poison. But anyway, uh, a lot of times though what I like to do is use candles with color magic. The I'll use the and I'm an intuitive which so, right, so you just follow the vibes. I follow the vibes a lot of what color to use, but I'll also, you know, I'll anoint that. But that candle kind of stands in if especially if it's for someone else. Mm-hmm. The candle will stand in for that individual. I'll carve the name of the individual who I'm casting the spell for mm-hmm. onto the candle or their initials at least. And then I'll anoint that candle with essential oils that are corresponding to healing plants that I already work with. Create an incantation to say with that spell. To give it specific instructions. To give it specific instructions of what this, based on what the person has told me. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of healing spells that I do if it's not food or beverage based. Right. Because personally, I really do feel like, um, especially for for your kids, for your family, when you want to work healing magic, that is just basic healing magic, like, mm-hmm. you know, stomach ache or headache yeah. or things of that nature. I really do feel like brews and soups and including the magic into the food that you're making for your family already is helpful. I've had a thought about why we always think about tea and soup. I think it's because as much as earth is an element strongly associated with healing, so is water. Water, water, absolutely. Water and earth are the two elements that, at least in my mind, Uh are most strongly associated with healing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you can use air and fire for various kinds of healing as well, but just sort of the baseline is earth and water. Mm -hmm. And I think a soup or a tea is sort of the perfect encapsulation of that. Mm -hmm. It's water is the base, and it has all those earthy elements from the various herbs and things in it. 
cooking. It's just, it's just natural. It's a good natural combination. Yep. When you got to heat the soup and the, the mm -hmm. tea, so you're using fire. Right. And then you'll have the steam. You can use the steam. So you can use all the elements mm -hmm. in your spellcraft through creating. And Weon Raven, who wrote that right. wonderful, the, the Magic of Food, which I highly recommend. Book. book. Such a spectacular book. Imagine he would definitely encourage using food magic for healing because that's nourishment is critical nourishment to healing. Is critical. And nourishment, if, again, if you, if you get ahead of disease and things like that by just eating well, you know, by feeding, feeding your family good food. And getting vaccinated. And getting vaccinated, obviously. You know, I'm not right. saying don't. I mention this purely because there are people out there like Bill O'Reilly saying that, like, you don't, oh, he does, you don't need the vaccine. You just have to be healthy, and then your body will fight it off on its own. That's bullshit. Yes. But, uh, but having a healthy body helps overall. Mm-hmm in general wellness. Yes. And if you are at home and you are the one who is preparing meals or beverages for your family, might as well put a little magic. Might as well put a little healing magic in there or or health magic mm -hmm. or or wellness. Maybe wellness, wellness would be a better yeah. term. Wellness magic in there in general, mm -hmm. just every time you cook for your family. Yeah. Why not? And then when you've got a sick kid or a sick spouse or you're sick yourself, you can double it up. You double up and do a little extra boost. So yeah, but but you know if you want to go elaborate, you know again you can right. You can deities. You can make offerings. Mm -hmm. You can have a whole ritual like Ode did for me. Right. Because that was a very serious circumstance. I wouldn't yeah. do that for a head cold. Yeah. I do that for a surgery. Right. Right. So, to remove cancer from the body. Illness. So and and again when you when you are considering what type of healing the individual needs, take that person's understanding what what their needs are right. not necessarily what your needs are you right know? because you're not healing some you shouldn't be healing someone for yourself right right it's their body it's their wellness that is the subject of concern exactly so find out if, if they've asked you to do a healing spell mm -hmm. for them find out the specifics of what it is that they are wanting from you you should you tailor know. any healing spell to its specific circumstances exactly because you don't want to do a healing spell for someone to extend their life and if they all are, you're if doing is extending their suffering. Their suffering, exactly. Think, you know, get ahead of the ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and do, you know, do overall wellness magic. Right. So you need fewer crisis so spells. You, exactly. And then, of course, go to your doctor, get your vaccine, do all the, do all the mundane remedies. Do all the mundane things as well as the magical. Use a holistic approach mm -hmm. to it. <laughs> Use whole, it all. A, not just a whole body approach, yeah. but a whole being approach. A whole being approach with emotional, spiritual, and physical, physical, and magical mm -hmm. approach to your health and wellness. I think that's everything. Yes. Yes. And we will say goodbye. You goodbye. can find us on Google, where we do all the things. Well, go to Google. Go to, right, go to Google. You're not going to find us on Google. <laughs> you will if you type but three pages of chat into the search bar on Google, then they will get you results on Google, which will be us. Or the results will be us. Or three pagans and a cat. That's the, the number, number three. Pagans and a cat. Or you can just go to threepagansandacat.com. That's the number three. Pagansandacat.com. And you'll find all of our all our, all our links and things. Can also just go to any podcast platform and search Three Pagans and a Cat, and you should be able to find us. Yes, including all of our on Spotify. On Spotify, but, but I discourage Spotify because they don't never update the episodes. So, mm. so when I I fuck up and I upload the wrong file, it never gets fixed on Spotify, even though it gets fixed everywhere else. It's so annoying. <laughs> so annoying. So if you're a Spotify listener, go somewhere else to listen to ones that <laughs> fucked up. But yeah, and then uh, obviously we have a Patreon, mm -hmm. so you can uh, support the podcast on Patreon, and then you could hunters and above uh, it's a listen live, listen live during on mondays at 7 p.m exactly and then you hear the edited version on tuesday mm -hmm. at 7 p.m yep. we have a youtube channel that we never that update we never update. <laughs> except occasionally so we haven't updated in like a year <laughs> well six months maybe 10 <laughs> we get round up to a year at that point okay if it's been 10 months, it might as well have been a year. We're doing more Three Pagans Eat on there right now than yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, let's see. But just social media. Uh -huh. We're on the stuff and the we're things. We're on the stuff and the things. Time. We have a red bubble where you can get pencil cases or whatever yeah, with yeah. a logo shock on it. Your, shock your Christian friends and, and parents and tell them to go listen to Three Pagans and a Cat. Or just other pagans that you think might enjoy listening mm -hmm. to our ramblings. Hopefully, and they truly are rambling. They are truly rambling. We're rambling right now. 
know. Yep. So you probably should go click the button. Yeah, go click the button. Click I the think button. we've done all the okay, outro so things. I think we have done all the things. And we can safely we can click do. the button. Say goodbye now. Goodbye. Hopefully, <laughs> Car will join us sometime in the future. We don't know. Fingers crossed. But hopefully. <laughs>